Uh, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Not an Episode, where I talk about things that even fewer people than usual want to hear about. Today, uh, we're talking soccer, and we're talking baseball. A uh, hell of a weekend, I must say, aside from the uh, occasional torrential downpours, a uh, lot of soccer. We had the Copa America final, we had the Euro 2020 final, and then we had the Major League Baseball draft where your Boston Red Sox had the fourth overall pick, their highest pick in quite some time. And uh, I got into a fight on Twitter over this, but whatever. Uh, we're going to start with the Copa America. This is the South American tournament. Uh, that goes on every couple of years. It's the uh, ripoff of the Euro tournament. I can't talk. Listen, I want to say something right from the jump. I am exhausted. I haven't slept well in the last three days. I've eaten more food in the last three days than I've eaten in the last three months. I'm pretty sure that the uh, 28 pounds that I've lost over the course of uh, 2021, it all came back over the weekend because I feel like dog shit. Dog shit. Exhausted. At any rate. Brazil versus Argentina. Uh, in the Copa final. Where basically it was, uh, you know, Neymar versus Messi. Was essentially what it was. I had hoped it was going to be a much more exciting game. But at the same time, it was, but it wasn't. One of the things that it was, it was very physical. These these two teams beat the piss out of each other, and it was fun. I enjoyed that part. A cheeky goal from Angel Di Maria gave Argentina the somewhat, not, not early, but somewhat early lead. And um, that held up. And so <clears throat> Lionel Messi... Finally got the international trophy that he's wanted his entire career. He had an awesome tournament overall, but he was not his usual self in this final. Not at all. Which has always been the knock on this guy. Is that in the big, big, big moments, at least internationally, he withers. So he is the best player ever, in my opinion. You could argue Pele, and I wouldn't really put up too much of a fight, but as much as I enjoy Cristiano Ronaldo, he is not as good as, as Messi, even though he is Portuguese, which, you know, as, as we know, is the superior species, even though technically kind of, sort of, the Argentinians are somewhat Portuguese. Not as much as the Brazilians, but... At any rate, I'm rambling. Um, Messi misplayed a ball late in the box, right in front of the goalie. He blew it. And uh, honestly, I could have toe-balled that in with ease. Absolute ease. It's not at all true, but that's how bad he blew it. It was terrible. The real star here uh, was Argentina's keeper, Emiliano Martinez. It's probably how it's, um, you know, really pronounced, but I don't know. Just an awesome tournament. Highlights what a steal he was for Aston Villa. 
He was already a steal after last season, but he displayed some serious balls here. Balls. And uh, Arsenal fucked that up. But that's, you know, it is what it is. That's Arsenal. That's what they do. Uh, at the same time, I think Brazil kind of blew it because they were the better team overall. Neymar played a good game, but again, knocked around, pushed around. And every time he, I have a feeling that the referee was just fucking sick of looking at him on the ground as he progressed through the game because Neymar fucking flops more than anybody on earth. It's shameful. Um, but Brazil couldn't put it together. Stack team. And, and look, <clears throat> South America is a COVID hellhole still. Brazil even more so than everything else. So this this thing comes with an asterisk on it, but good for Messi. I was happy because, um, be, because I like the guy. I enjoy watching him, so I was happy that he finally got that international win. Then... On Sunday was the final of the Euro 2020 tournament because they had to uh, bump that due to the Rona. Uh, England versus Italy. Huge ratings. I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm certain that you watched it. Because that's not certain, but you know, a lot of people that don't follow soccer were probably watching just because it was something to watch on a Saturday afternoon. But what can you do? Um, I have loved this tournament throughout. It's been excellent. Uh, exciting matches. Way too many bad penalty takes, uh, kicks. But my only knock on the whole thing is, is the strategy that some of these um, teams employ as opposed to trying to win the match in extra time, it's as if they just sort of park the bus, play possession, uh, backwards passes, doing everything that they can to just hold out to to get to penalty kicks. Which is boring. But again, that's the knock on the sport as a whole. Now, it's not, uh, it doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen often. So, <clears throat> the problem, though, is when you get to penalty kicks, you would think that these guys could, yeah, I don't know, convert penalty kicks and, and win the match for their team. Or at the very least, uh, keep them in contention to win the match for their team. But it happened way too often that guys were missing penalties. So, here we are. Uh, on Sunday, and England scores second minute of the game. Uh, Luke Shaw, um, who is the right, nope, left back for Manchester United. I think he's a left back. Please don't kill me if he's a right back. But anyways, plays defense. <laughs> uh, two minutes into the game. And they're up 1-0. Now, <clears throat> the problem then is, instead of keeping the same game plan at that point, England played back. They parked the bus, as they say. Not right away, but you could feel it. 
And to be honest with you, the lineup that they put out there, the manager, Gareth Southgate, um, started with a back five. So five defensive players, two in the midfield, three up front. And they they set up the same way against Germany, which was, um, you know, prior to coming to the final, the biggest win they've that England has had in a very long time. But <clears throat> it was almost as if he was playing not to lose as opposed to playing to win. Not the worst idea, but England had the most talent, I thought. I thought they were... It, it an infinitely not infinitely they were a slightly more talented club than the Italians, but what can you do? So the Italians end up tying the game, and essentially, I would say probably for the latter forty-five minutes of the match, Italy dominated. I mean, literally dominated the ball. Uh, used all of their substitutions throughout the match, including an extra time. And, uh, you know, Roberto Mancini played, he played the game correctly, played the game well. He kept England on their heels. The English were up to the task for, for, not I want to say for the most part, but for a lot of it. But they just couldn't answer offensively. And if you look at the numbers, the possession stats and the shots, I mean, again, Italy dominated. So Southgate did not use his substitutions wisely. Uh, He took Declan Rice off, which, loyalties aside, uh, he was probably the man of the match, aside from the, the goal scorer. Um. For England. Took him off. I want to say it was like the 73rd minute. And brought on Jordan Henderson from Liverpool. Who's Liverpool's captain. He's in his 30s. Slow. And brought him on. For some weird fucking reason. Not sure why. Because Jordan Henderson. No way in fuck was going to to actually be a part of uh, any potential penalty uh, taking that would, would come after extra time. So in extra time, Jordan Henderson late in extra time was subbed off and he was replaced. So completely fucking useless. Declan Rice is 22, 21, 22 years old. He could, he could run all fucking day. And for some weird reason, uh, Southgate chose to take him off. And the other problem is, too, is Rice is the, more or less, currently right now, when Mark Noble isn't playing, Declan Rice is the penalty taker for West Ham. So, what the fuck? (laughs) You're going to take him off for an older player who is not going to take penalties. Stupid. Southgate's entire penalty strategy was odd because he subbed off two more players, and he brought in Jordan Sancho and Marcus Rashford. Now, I understand getting those guys in the field uh, that could take one if need be, but to allow the players that contributed to get England to the final in the first place, 
and give them the opportunity to help them win was not a good idea. So I say that because Jack Grealish, who was also brought in way too late, Jack Grealish proved himself to be essentially the super sub uh, for England, and he was brought on way too late. Way too late. Trippier should have come off 60th minute, and Grealish should have gone on just to try to get that second goal, but what can you do? Um, and Sterling wasn't wasn't even allowed to take the kick because the three players that Southgate brought on were a part of his five penalty takers. I don't I, look. I don't get it. I get it, but I don't get it. Okay. Marcus Rashford, excellent penalty taker. <clears throat> He's very good. Um, and in this particular instance. He waited way too fucking long to make a decision, and it cost him. Instead of just going, just standing over the ball, make a decision, go for it. Rip it, smash it, do what you got to do to get it past the keeper. That's, I mean, logic would tell you that's how to do it, but a lot of these guys like to try to fucking play around, mess around, do a lot of dancing, whatever. Um, Jordan uh, Sancho, Jaden Sancho, Jaden Sancho. In fairness, I haven't watched him nearly as much as I should have because he's in Germany. So, um, but it was just not a good penalty. Uh, Saka, I'm gonna fuck up his first name, so I'm not even gonna say it. He's 19 years old. 19. Why? Why he would put? Why Gareth Southgate? Southgate would put a 19-year-old kid as his number five penalty taker, is mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Like, put Raheem Sterling there, please, for Christ's sakes. Uh, honestly, don't get it. Don't get it at all. And so, uh, unfortunately, Saka comes up and has his um, attempt to continue the shootout, or shootout, the penalties. Uh, he, his attempt is saved. And they lose the game. And honestly, I hope it doesn't ruin him. Because he had a very good tournament. Um, the downside is that he plays for Arsenal. So that's not going to help. But we'll see. Uh, the fact that the three players who missed their attempts are black. Will just add fuel to the continually uh, uh, raging racism that the English are so fond of. For the most part. Not for the most part, but... Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, there's a mural in Manchester to celebrate Marcus Marcus Rashford. <clears throat> Very good player. Genuinely good human being. Spent the majority of his time off the pitch in the past year uh, doing his best to help keep food banks in the city open. Pressure the English government to actually give food to poor kids. Uh, and apparently that mural was vandalized <clears throat> with, again... Uh, a lot of shit uh, that didn't need to be um, spray painted onto the mural. So, uh, seems you know to some of these folks, missing a kick is far worse than wanting to make sure kids have enough to eat. But that's neither here nor there. What can you do? Um, ultimately, though, I think the English were, were punished for playing fucking Sweet Caroline way, way too many times during the run up to this match. This bullshit needs to stop, and that song needs to die a painful fucking death. Painful death. Finally, 
Speaking of Sweet Caroline, ugh, I hate myself for even saying that. Uh, the Major League Baseball draft. Now, right off the top, this thing was a mess. Every scout, draftnik, prognosticator, short, fat, old, irrelevant podcaster thought the Pirates would take one of the two high school shortstops. Instead, they took Henry Davis, the monster catcher out of Louisville. The Rangers then went and fucked the whole thing up even more uh, by taking Jack Leiter. I've been on the Jack Leiter train for a while. I wanted the Red Sox to get him in the worst way. Watched a ton of Vanderbilt and Jack Leiter this season. And I have to say I was a bit apoplectic when they missed out on him. Um, the Tigers took a high school kid, Jackson Job, whose dad is Brant Job, the pro golfer. I find that odd for some weird reason. Not sure why, but I do. I'll admit to uh, not knowing shit about him because if you're not paid to, to to know shit about high school baseball players, you're full of shit when you scream at people on Twitter. And uh, they're stupid for not thinking that high school baseball player is going to be a, a surefire. Surefire. Oh, fuck. God damn it. What am I doing? Surefire all-star. I'm so fucking tired right now. Fuck. And even the people that are paid to give a shit about high school ball players get shit wrong, admit they get shit wrong, and they get shit wrong often. That's because we're talking about actual kids here. Like, just turned 18 kids. So in my opinion, the Red Sox absolutely got a consolation prize when they took Marcelo Meyer uh, at four. Mayor, Meyer, whatever the fuck. He's got great hair. So let's get that going for him. <clears throat> and I am, I am beyond confident that Jack Leiter was absolutely going to be their pick. Because... Even if they had Mayor Meyer at, at the very top of their board, my guess is that they were fully prepared uh, to be able to pick Leiter Davis or maybe the other uh, high school shortstop, Jordan Lawler. But they probably figured, and rightfully so, because again, Everybody and their grandmother was screaming about how great this kid is. And I honestly hope he is fantastic. I still think he was a consolation prize for this year's particular draft. I really think that they they got lucky and drafted the kid who may or may not have been at the top of their board, but who they did not think in a million years would be there. Would I have been shocked if he was on the board and they didn't take him? Uh, in ter- uh, meaning lighter? Yeah, I would have been shocked. But, you know, what can you say? My thought going into this thing was lighter was, was their number one guy. Davis was their number two guy with Mayer and, and Lawler next in line. Contingency plan. And it could very well be that they their thinking was, hey, if we get any of these five guys, it's a win. So calling calling Mayor a consolation prize isn't a slight on him. It isn't some knock on his ability. 
You say these things and people on Twitter get all fucking butthurt about it. And people were making fun of me on the Twitter machine. It's not fair, man. The best part, though, is, you know, some douchebag starts tweeting at me with, like, the crying face emoji. And he did it, like, four tweets in a row. I'm like, dude, enough. Enough with the crying face emoji. It's fucking stupid. Somebody else chimes in. He's like, yeah, that's a that's a certified, <laughs> first ballot certified douchebag move. And then this guy uh, seemed to think that it was me that tweeted that out. And he's like, oh, see, I, I need to read it. What the fuck did he say? Because it's pretty funny. Uh, and there's the personal account. Nice touch. Skin is irritated. Laughing face. Uh, crying emoji. Note the emoji, he said. And I'm like, buddy, that wasn't me. Then I gave him my personal account. I'm like, hey, feel free to follow me there. Wasn't wasn't me. That kick out of that. But I started following the guy. He hasn't tweeted yet, so kind of bummed. So, <clears throat> um, the thing of it is, though, I you know they drafted hey, most talented guy on the board. It wasn't really a position of need. They still have Jeter Downs, who's going to be somewhere in the infield. They're also high on Matthew Matthew Lugo, who was a second round pick a couple years ago. They also have another kid whose name eludes me at the moment. Not to mention Bogarts is signed until at least 2025, but he's not going to be a 35-year-old shortstop or a 33-year-old shortstop. He's going to move to third, I think, once Devers signs, if he signs and gets moved to first. But if it works out, great. Doesn't mean he's not a consolation prize. They, They likely wanted Leiter, who's a fucking stud, and is now playing for a shit organization in a goddamn dust bowl. My opinion. Uh, but listen, drafts are a crapshoot. Scouting is a crapshoot. Anyone who tells you otherwise is foolish and probably just an asshole. That's the worst part about this thing. I mean, it's not like the NFL and the NBA where guys can just step in. It doesn't happen. There aren't too many Eric Bedards around where they come out of college and go right to the bullpen. And you see what happened to that kid. <clears throat> and that's probably not even the right person. I'm thinking of somebody else. Went to St. John. What the fuck was it? Was it Bedard? I can't remember his name. But anyways, drafts are a crapshoot in every sport. Because you don't fucking know. You don't know what's going on between the ears of these two of these kids. Something can fucking happen in their life. That causes them to go bananas no matter how fucking talented they are. Josh Hamilton uh, is at the top of the fucking list. That kid was fucking swinging hammers in South Carolina. Almost played ball in Brockton. Next thing you know, he's an MVP because he got his shit together. Case in point. Current Dodgers slugger Max Muncy. Taken by the A's in the fifth round of the 2012 draft, only to see them release him after playing less than 100 games at the major league level. The Dodgers picked him up. He's gone on to be an excellent ball player. Yesterday, the A's first round pick was a young man by the name of Max Muncy, 
who happens to have the same birthday as the other Max Muncie. None of that really means anything. I just find it incredibly fucking weird. Absurdly weird. Thanks for listening to Not an Episode Number 5. It was awful. Probably even more so than my regular episodes, because I'm so fucking tired. Um, that's it. Thanks for listening. Godspeed. Ta-ta.